Hey guys, so today we're talking about one of the biggest genocides in world history, um, the Cambodian Genocide. So the Cambodian Genocide started in 1975 during the Vietnam War and lasted until 1979. It was executed by the Khmer Rouge under orders of communist leader Pol Pot in democratic Kampuchea, commonly known as Cambodia. During his reign, Pol Pot would oversee the death of nearly a quarter of the Cambodian population. So, from 1967 right up until the rise of Pol Pot in 1975, there was a major civil war raging in Cambodia between the original monarchy and its republic against the Cambodian communists. The Cambodian economy took a massive dive from war expenses, and there was a shift of wealth distribution, where the wealthy people who lived in the city got richer, while the impoverished farmers living in rural communities got poorer. As a result of the war, the communists won, and with them, the Khmer Rouge seized power over the country with Pol Pot as their leader. So right outside of Cambodia, the Vietnam War was raging and America had just joined the fight against communism. In fact, the Cambodian genocide is widely debated as one of the negative results of the United States' involvement in the Vietnam War. So although America cannot directly be blamed for Pol Pot rising to power, American military strategies did create an environment in Cambodia in which the people needed a strong political figure, similar to how the Germans looked to Hitler for help during the Depression. In the midst of the Vietnam War, Viet Cong soldiers occupied military trade routes throughout the eastern border of Cambodia, up until the United States dropped bombs in order to annihilate them. While the Vietnamese troops were eradicated from Cambodian borders, nearly 100,000 innocent Cambodians lost their lives and their homes to these bombings, and the economy took a big hit. Pol Pot rose to fame claiming that he could stop the bombings and improve the Cambodian economy, and his statement especially appealed to the millions of Cambodians living in poverty in rural areas that were being bombed. So, unlike the Holocaust, the Cambodian genocide was not a planned or intended mass killing. Pol Pot's ideology was to create a communist agrarian culture sustainable without the aid of modern technology. However, as the primitive Year Zero plan unfolded, the Khmer Rouge became suspicious of civilians plotting revolts to overthrow Pol Pot. Their paranoia manifested in gruesomely torturing anyone who was perceived as an enemy or a threat. What had originally started as a communist plan to de-urbanize Cambodian culture eventually turned into one of the most infamously brutal regimes of the 20th century. So here for you guys is a broken down eight stages of the Cambodian genocide. The first step to any genocide is classification. The Khmer Rouge's original plan was to transform the entire population into ignorant, compliant farmers, so they specifically targeted anyone with sophistication, a decent occupation or education, and the power or brains to challenge the communists. Other stereotypes were used to classify people, like having pale skin meant you had never worked outside before, or that having glasses correlated with levels of intelligence. Religion and ethnicity were also discriminated against. Next is symbolization. In the Holocaust, the Jews were forced to wear identifying yellow stars of David that set them apart from the crowd, similar to how Cambodian victims were made to wear blue scarves. Civilians also wore all-black clothing to segregate them from soldiers. Third is dehumanization. Similar to the Nazis, the Khmer Rouge wanted to strip their victims of identities in order to alienate them and crush their spirits, with the belief that no one would want to rebel if they felt utterly alone. Civilians were forced to abandon their possessions and homes. They were separated from their families and friends, made to work long, hard days in fields with barely any food, and were deprived of basic human rights. Gathering in groups were strictly prohibited, and affection, pity, and humor were also forbidden. The fourth step is organization. 
No place in the country was safe from the Khmer Rouge, and leaving the country was virtually impossible. It started with the emptying of cities where everyone was threatened to be killed if they didn't evacuate. Thousands were left to die in hospitals without doctors, and thousands more would perish on the walk to villages in the countryside. Fifth is polarization. The Khmer Rouge originally separated the Cambodian population into base and new people, but over time the labels disappeared and everyone was in ultimate danger. Anyone who refused to follow the Khmer Rouge or even appear to be opposing the new standards were immediately killed. Surviving in Cambodia depended on labor skills, and many perished due to inexperience, exhaustion, disease, or malnutrition. Harsh laws were put in place in order to achieve the communist agrarian culture, and rule-breaking was punishable by death. Some Cambodians believed that accusing others of breaking the law would make themselves appear more pure, and therefore safe from being tortured. Because of this, all Cambodians lived in constant fear of their neighbors and families, and this fear and mistrust was perhaps the most polarizing factor. As far as preparation goes, Cambodians were forced to live in communes, similar to, similar to military barracks, in small villages with a leader who reported daily to the Khmer Rouge. Once civilians started accusing their fellow Cambodians of treachery, the Khmer Rouge transformed schools into makeshift prisons where thousands of victims would be contained until their interrogation. Here, Cambodians would be tortured for information in the most gruesome and horrific ways, only to be executed later. One of the most infamous of these prisons, S-21, is said to have held 14,000 victims in its day, and only seven are known to have survived the horrors within its walls. Seventh step is extermination. Once the Khmer Rouge decided a village was to be wiped out, Every Cambodian in the commune was transported to the killing fields. Similar to the Holocaust, the victims would be unaware that they were being brought to the location of their last stand. Here, the civilians were forced to dig a mass grave and kneel beside it. Khmer Rouge members originally used guns, but in order to conserve bullets, hand plows, shovels, and hatchets were later adapted to be their tool of execution. The final step is denial. The Khmer Rouge tried to hide the evidence of the killing fields and keep their genocide out of international news. However, once Vietnam caught word of all the destruction Pol Pot was causing, the Vietnamese troops quickly came marching in. In 1979, Vietnam officially captured Phnom Penh and sent Pol Pot running to the mountains. In 2001, the Cambodian Genocide Tribunal was officially established to prosecute the Khmer Rouge for the role in killing more than 2 million innocent Cambodians. In some cases, hard times bring out the best in people, and Von Chun is a prime example of this. He had led a life according to Pol Pot's ideology. He was an impoverished farmer, ignorant towards new technology, and had lived frugally in the same small village for all of his life. The Khmer Rouge appointed him as village chief so that he would model for the new generation of primitive farmers and report if any villagers stepped out of line. Von Chun risked his life by lying to the Khmer Rouge in order to spare the lives of his villagers. He broke the law by sneaking extra food into the communes to make sure his villagers never went hungry. He also never reported any of his fellow Cambodians, and even when the Khmer Rouge soldiers came to arrest specific people within his village, Chun would say they had already been taken away, or that no one by that name lived in his village. By the downfall of the Khmer Rouge in 1979, Von Chun had saved hundreds of Cambodians. Thank you so much for listening to this radio broadcasting. I hope you learned something new about the Cambodian genocide, and I'll see you next time.